0: Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. It's fun to be this, this up close, and it's ironic that I am this up close to you, even though we are all still so... Uh, Far away from one another but good morning Long Beach Christian Fellowship and happy Palm Sunday Um, I want to just take a little moment of a prayer and just Bless the sanctuaries that we're in if you would join me Jesus you have placed us in these living rooms these kitchens on these couches on these carpets um, with our blankets in our jammies, and declared these places to be your sanctuary. God, these are the places where we encounter you. These are the places that we pray. These are the places that you have your way in us. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you, and we welcome you to have your way. Amen. All right, friends. so our scripture this morning is from john 12 9 and this is the first palm sunday so andrew if you could bring up our scripture so when all the people heard of jesus's arrival they flocked to see him and also to see lazarus the man jesus had raised from the dead then the leading priests decided to kill lazarus too For it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy, but after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. Now, what stands out to me in in this story that a lot of us are so familiar with is how prominent Lazarus was in drawing people to Jesus and recognizing him as the Messiah, the King of Israel. Yes, because Lazarus had been once dead and was now alive, as it says, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus. If we go back to verse uh, chapter 11, just the previous chapter, we see how Jesus related to Lazarus and what was known about his relationship with him. Because I don't think it's just that he was someone who had been dead and brought back to life, but I think it had to do with the way Jesus loved him and the kind of relationship that they had that people were curious about. So back in chapter 11, you know, Lazarus has died and Jesus comes to his family. They were friends, Mary and Martha, which we know a little bit about as well and when he asks where has he been placed where's they where they put him and he goes to the tomb he stops i almost picture him like putting his hand out to steady himself and the shortest scripture and most powerful scripture is that jesus wept and we know that that wept was not you know just a silent tears rolling down his face it's the ugly cry, it's sobbing, it's wailing. And the comment that people make around him, they observe, see how much he loved him. So Lazarus was known as someone that Jesus deeply loved. And people wanted to see what kind of person who has now been, yes, was dead and is now back alive, but what kind of person would Jesus cry hard and sob and wail for? Because there's something about Jesus's love that enters pain and can even defy death that is powerful and that we all know deep down is the source of life. And they were starting to realize that this life was a life that was eternal. So it's this relationship that reveals who Jesus is what kind of king he is and what kind of kingdom he is establishing. So when the people cry out, praise God, Hosanna, which we know means God save us and hail to the king of Israel. What the people are crying out is save us now from this world of kings who do not weep for their people. And as they see Jesus coming to them, riding on a donkey's colt, they cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna. God save us from leaders who despise humility and abuse power. It was significant that Jesus came on a donkey. This was prophesied in Zechariah 9.9. 9. It said, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And it's this kind of... It's this kind of king and kingdom that is characterized by a love that is that is deep, that enters pain, that is humble, that the religious leaders of the day were stripped powerless. So they've they've put out the mandate to have Jesus killed and also to have Lazarus killed. Their power is threatened and yet they don't change the mandate. They are just simply powerless. They declare there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. They are powerless against love and humility and relationship and the kind of love that defies even death. This is our king. This is the one that we can cry out to and say, Hosanna, God save us. Save us from ourselves. Save us from every false appeal of of power, we know that it is your love and your, your humility that our hearts long for and that that's the kind of kingdom we want to be in for eternity. Amen. So now this is happening during Passover, which is a very defining time for the people of God when they remember how God called them out of Egypt, out of what was known and into Something that was unknown, and as a church, of course, we've been in our own season of of saying goodbye to something known. As Brandon and Rebecca, our lead pastor and his wife, our creative arts director, transition out of leadership, and you know, we work with a consultant. We're working with a consultant during this time of unknown, and we're discerning what is next for us in terms of leadership structure and personnel. And then we entered this time of pandemic. We don't even know what we're saying goodbye to or what we're going to reemerge into or, or what the future unholds. And here I stand as your interim co-pastor, and, and I can find myself feeling like a temp and leading in a time of unknowns and not really sure what the future holds for my position, you know, as a leader or even what, what I'm leading in. And it feels risky And I found myself feeling kind of guarded. And so even in preparing for this message, I I had a conversation with Jesus about it. Um, I actually went back to that prayer guide that we sent out, the guide for transitions. And in that fourth um, week, it talks about, you know, just picturing Jesus sitting across from us like a friend over a cup of coffee and asking, like, how are you doing? And so as I entered into that kind of, you know, conversation with Jesus through prayer I just imagined him asking like, how's the church going? Like, how are you doing? And I just broke down and cried and, and yeah, just said, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know how to lead, you know, during this time there's so many competing um, needs or, uh, you know, anxieties out there. And, and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just the interim co-pastor, you know, I, I don't even know. Um what this looks like and, and what if, and this is vulnerable to share, but you know, what if what the future looks like leaves me with a a sense of feeling rejected, you know, like, what if my position looks different in the future? I don't know. And Jesus in his empathy and complete presence said, yeah, I know what that's like. I know what that's like to love people that you might feel rejected by. And then the tears came even more. And I said, yeah, I think that's what I'm guarding. I'm guarding that I love this community so much. Um, and and I really want to love them well. And I, I want to lead in a way that um, the world knows that you have, that you have marked us as your people and that we're the people that your love is coming through. Um, and what if I mess that up, you know, And, um, again, Jesus in his grace and compassion and kindness said, you love with my love, the love that I've given you. Like, of course you're finite. Of course, of course you don't know what to do. Um, but I'm not freaking out right now. And, and I give my love to you to give. So I said, yeah, I felt like relief in that, like, right, um, so then I was like, okay, so how are you loving them? And he said, through you. <laughs> and, and what do you see? And I said, God, they're harassed. I, I see these people who I know are good daughters and sons and coworkers and neighbors and parents and grandparents and grandchildren and aunties and uncles. And, and they're being harassed and inundated by all these pressures and all these messages of, you know, how, how to do pandemic and how to do, you know, COVID-19. And, 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 and I'm seeing like the father of lies pull out his oldest first lie. And, and, and that is, you can be like God. Being different from God is bad. That's the first thing that he tempts Adam and Eve with. See, you eat this fruit and, and you can be like God, even though they were already made in his image, um, tempting us to despise our unique to, our uniqueness, tempting us to despise being other as if that difference was bad. And I notice it, you know, in myself, I notice it. And yeah, and how I, I respond feeling guarded Um, and and sometimes like this false guilt like I was thinking about on an average day I probably have like 20 different casual interactions with people whether it's in the office or at school the grocery store and every human almost every human interaction has been funneled into two platforms my phone and my computer and it's it feels overwhelming I'm in my inbox I, and social media like i'm flooded with information advice opportunities requests about everything from you know global human fragility to master classes on self expression and authenticity by RuPaul that i admit i'm super fascinated by <laughs> but i mean yeah typically it's like i'm an avoider my response is to to feel guarded and then feel kind of guilty even for my privileged status that I even have the opportunity to, to choose what I read or don't read or what I respond to or don't respond to knowing that each of us are going through this so differently depending on our context, our our resources, our circumstances. And in a moment I feel tempted to despise my limits and to despise that I am different from the one who is limitless, the one who is all-knowing, the one who is all-powerful, and the one who is present everywhere. And, and yet acknowledging my limits, our limits, in this place, we find ourselves like those in Jerusalem who cry out, Hosanna. Save us from ourselves. Save us from false powers, false notions of being you. We come to the end of ourselves and we acknowledge we need a savior. We need this king who enters pain with all the right kind of love, who is humble, who is present, who is relational with us. And Jesus reassures us that this is his world, that he is renewing. And that he himself is love. And that he wants us to know his love and give that away to others. And that is how the incarnate kingdom is birthed. Love known and love given away. The way we love is so personal. I feel this temptation sometimes to look for the thing that I'm supposed to do or that we're supposed to do. And, and I look at how God loves us in making us so unique and blessing us with strengths and gifts and passions. And those are the ways that we honor him as our creator, as a creator who's so, um, who cre- creates masterpieces so uniquely and with such distinctions. We love through those strengths. We love through those passions. We love through those unique um, ways that he has made us, and we're doing that as a community. Um, I look at Karen Christerson, who is a bilingual seventh-grade ESL teacher and part of Matthew Twenty-Five, an organization that supports um, immigration reform and asylum seekers. And she, in in her generosity, suggested, "Hey, those of us who are still receiving paychecks might consider passing." the COVID-19 stimulus check along to a friend, a family member, or neighbor who is unemployed or to an organization that helps those in need. That is so who Karen is and that's so how she has been loved and how she is loving. Gabby Degas, she's a nurse. She knows what it's like to be on the front lines of caring and she's sewing face masks for hospital workers. And she's figured out some, some tricks of the trade. So we're actually going to post that in our our update this week on Wednesday. Um, The patterns you can use the ways to not pin it. So it doesn't, you know, put, put a hole in the mask, things like that. Um, Andrew Phillips, owner of Rose Park Roasters, passing out coffee to hospital workers and starting a GoFundMe page. We can partner with him to literally give drink Matthew 25 35 to those who are, um, working at Long Beach Memorial. And that's how he has known Jesus's love as a business owner and as, as a spiritual formation, one with a master's in spiritual formation as well, and how he is giving love away, uh, to Cecile Thomas. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, girl, boss. I told you I'd get it in here. For her birthday, she's inviting people to give to one of her favorite organizations, No Kid Hungry. As a business leader, this is an organization that is supported by so many businesses that works to end child hunger, and they are focusing um, intentionally on kids who are going without meals because of school closures and, and at risk in those ways. And even my own Ewan Anderson, a fourth grader who loves art. Chalking on our sidewalk to provide beauty and geometry to our neighbors who are walking by. And so many more ways that as a body, we are loving with the love that has been given to us. And and I think and this, is, this is also why we created that community assessment. We wanted to see, hey, how has God shaped us? As a, as a unique body of Long Beach Christian Fellowship, so if you haven't filled that out yet, please do so. And and here's you in. Hey, <laughs> I'm getting sermon bombed in here. Where's your father? <laughs> I'm sure, he's wrestling. All right, God bless you, Adam Anderson. Um. So, yeah, fill out that community assessment. If you haven't done that yet, it's giving us such a window into um, not only the vulnerabilities, but the assets of our community. Man, our community is just beautiful and really going for it. Um, But I think it's fair to expect from, you know, from our our collective body, from our leadership, like, hey, what is it that we're going after together? There are all these beautiful, unique ways that we are, you know, loving, um, spreading love, not germs, hashtag. Um, But, yeah, I think it's fair to expect, like, hey, what is our our concerted effort? And our response to that is we are remaining faithful to our partners. We are in the midst of this Lent giving season, and we have our partners Precious Lamb Preschool for kids who are facing homelessness and Hesed School, kids who would not otherwise receive an education in Zambia. We're being faithful to give to them. So through our Lent giving project, you can go online and give. There's a drop down. You can mail your checks in. That's part of our, our Resurrection Sunday celebration. And so, if you're wondering what can we do together as a body, be faithful to those that Jesus has given us to love. Give generously to Precious Lamb and to Hesed School, and in that way, we can bless the most vulnerable among us, as I believe Jesus invites us to do. So we have a a praise that we want to um, engage together Uh, in a minute. I'm going to turn it over to um, this praise for the pandemic that is created by works of the people. Um, It's an organization that Ryan Longnecker has worked with before as a, you know, photographer and and an artist. And um, they offer a praise for the pandemic that, we can find ourselves in this praise, let it wash over you, let it stir you to respond with your own spontaneous prayer for names and people that might come to mind um, as the words are are spoken, um, and find yourself being blessed and being prayed for. And so I will turn this over to our praise for the pandemic. All right, friends, we will post that video online and give everyone a chance to to engage that, Um, especially if you've got other little folks in your room that might have been bombing you. (laughs) We'll have a chance to let that wash over us. So I love the last line. It invites us to spread love and that in this in this season that love would spread faster than the virus and the LBCF I want to say I'm seeing you do that I'm seeing you respond with creativity I'm seeing you love with the love that has been given to you and in that way we birth the incarnate kingdom we reveal to the world this king of deep love of deep humility of deep relationship may we all be those who are who draw out the curiosity of the world because of the way we are known by Jesus and the way we reveal him. And so Danny is now going to lead us in response in music. We hope this teaching has encouraged and challenged you. We always have more resources available at our website, lbcf.org and wherever you are and wherever you're listening We pray you be filled with grace to learn to live in love like Jesus.